Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the Sports Stands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table every single week. Hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Stance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, I traded my best three prospects for him. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? Hey man, uh, not much. I'm feeling pretty good about myself, you know. Three prospects, that's a, that's a, that's a big haul. My fans were clamoring. They didn't like it. But, uh, you know, I said, I'm in win ma- I'm in win now mode. I need Greg Cowan more than anybody. You need somebody that's proven that they can handle the professional level, the heat, the criticism, big city yeah, play. Exactly. Uh, I, I, need, I, need someone, I need someone who's proven they can handle the professional amateur podcasting level. And, yeah, uh, you know, you're top five every year in the amateur podcasting Cy Young Award because, you know, we have one yeah. of those also. Uh, yeah, it's impressive. It's an impressive stat. And I have that. We are in the top 10 of uh, sports dance podcasts uh, out there. And if you look uh, at us in the Philippines, we're in like the top five. So, you know, we just keep getting. Yeah. Back well, national. you know, top 100, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that good small talk, Greg. We <laughs> nailed it. I think we nailed this week. <laughs> uh, we nailed early morning small talk. Nothing like it. Early morning small talk. Um just as uh, we're going to jump into a quick segment here, because uh, I know that we don't, we haven't done this in a while, but I do appreciate this, and I want to get this out of the way. James' excuses, um, uh, it's been missed. Anyone, anyone who's listening to this right now can realize that my voice is a little shot. Um, I had a work function last night. Tis the season for work functions, uh, and there was a DJ, and there was music, and the whole thing. And moral of the story is, I was uh, you know shouting all night. So, um, you know, we're back. Though nice early morning, there's construction outside my window. Oh, um, but I've been I've been dealing with that the past few weeks. Yeah, yes, you have. Now it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, they came at seven o'clock this morning. Yep, that's about and right. Woke me up, and uh, I tried to get back to sleep for a while and could not. So, uh, no excuses. But here's my excuse. Uh, my voice is shot. Yeah, it's all right. I, I, I'll for, I'll forgive you for this time. Uh, that's why I said if you need to uh, tap out and you just like disappear at some point, the the fans will understand. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Hey, I, you know, play like a champion. This will be Michael Jordan's flu game. Uh, every single time that I'm sick, I, I reference Michael Jordan's flu game. I've had like eight Michael Jordan's flu games in the last year. Uh, why not? <laughs> why, why not? not? Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, man. We got the NFL. We've got MLB Hot Stove. Dude, Hot Stove. Uh, and, hot. <laughs> and we've got uh, some NBA action. Um, we're about to be heading into very, very serious NBA territory um, coming up. Yeah, we're it's about time it picks up. Right. I don't know if you, I don't know if you totally understand that. We're already like a quarter way through. Yeah, um, it's crazy. But before we get into any of that stuff, though, before we uh, touch on the Chiefs, Broncos, uh, the Raiders, Broncos, the Raiders, Chiefs, whoever played last night. Uh, how are you, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, last week, uh, last weekend, I went to a whiskey fest, so that's always fun. I think I go to like two a year at the same place with my brother. So, you know, went, drank expensive whiskey that I did not buy and went with the cheap stuff because, you know, I'm smart like that. And yeah, that's, that, didn't that's do, the way to do it. Yeah, it is. It has to be. They have it on sale. Like it's good price, like $5 off bottles and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, this $200 bottle is only $190. And you're like, huh, I'm going to go with the $35 bottle that's up for like $27. Yeah, that, that feels right. It feels good. Feels it feels about where I should be. Then I went to some uh, Christmas festival on Sunday in Boston, and that was pretty good. So I had a nice little weekend. You know, almost went to Bed Bath and Beyond. Almost had time for it, but I didn't. Wow, married life sounds amazing, Greg. <laughs> it, it it is. It's full. It's full of surprises. Yeah. What about almost you? How how, yeah. how was your past weekend outside the you know business Christmas party where you sang Journey too much? 
I didn't sing anything, first of all, but uh, my week's been but my week's been good. Just busy, man. Busy, busy, busy. Full holiday spirit. Uh, love the holidays. Love this time of year. I'm a sucker for lights. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a I love party lights. I love those I love those Christmas lights, but I like them in any situation. Like if it's like a summer and you're on a deck and you have the Christmas lights, I love it. Yeah. Uh, if it's in win- windows during holiday, I love it. So uh, full full holiday spirit over here. Um, and this is just a fun time of year. You know what my favorite time of year? Uh, the reason why this is one of my favorite time of year, Greg. Why? Lists. Oh, I love <laughs> lists. Everyone's making lists. You're a list guy. Yeah, top, you don't top whatever of well. whatever. No, I'm a big list guy. Oh, I love lists. Wow. We got to make a list. We, we got to do an end of year list. Say, we should do a list. Next next week, we'll do a yeah, list. We'll, we'll do an end of year sports dance list. The top something of, of, of 2016. I love it. I love lists. Best movies 2016. Best music 2016. Best TV shows 2016. Top fails 2016. I love it. I love all the lists. That's a lot of lists. And there's even more. Of I know. It's like top, uh, that, the, top Christmas dessert list. Sorry, I was watching exactly. a baking show last night. I'm not. I'm not like a listicle guy. Like I don't like the list, like a Buzz, Buzzfeed list. I I like end of year lists. I like best of lists. You know what I mean? I'm a. I've got refined taste, Greg. So oh, I, I okay. like the best of the best. You're a top notch. You want either the best of the best or the best of the worst. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're gonna have to do uh, an, an a sports dance end of year uh, list uh, for uh, top something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Top story. We'll with something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, in our production meetings, which is about the five minutes before we actually start recording, uh, we'll discuss it quickly. Yeah, we'll throw um, something together, and it'll be a magical, and everybody will love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, cool. Lists. That's what I have to say. <laughs> List. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> let's get into it. We are talking this week about Week 14 in the NFL. Um, well, we're recapping. Yeah, we're talking about week 14. But before we do that, let's get into week 13. Um, what were our picks? What's our pick record? Do you have that in front of you? I do. Our pick record, not too bad. You, again, are still uh, winning. You had a good week. You went three and two. I went two and three. Yeah. So that moves us up to I am 36, 28, and one. And you are 40, 24, and one. So you got a, feel, you got a nice cushion on me. I feel really good about that. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I started off this year so horribly. Uh, you did. And I, and I really kind of recalibrated and figured it out. It's that type of year for you. I think that, yeah, I know. I started off pretty poorly uh, in fantasy and in, uh, in picking, uh, amateur podcast, game picking. Um, but <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, uh, I think the thing about this year is that you got to figure out, the, you have to kind of figure out, you know, which teams uh, are like kind of in the top tier of this of the league and then which teams like will just kind of falter randomly. And he's going to have to like guess which ones like, oh, I like that, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Like, like the Falcons have won like three games in a row. So I'm going to go ahead and, and pick against them because there's no way they're going to win four. Like there's just so much parity now. You just kind of have to steer into the skid a little bit. It is. And I mean, even like last week, I was like, oh, Detroit, you know, has been playing them hot. They've been doing well. New Orleans is going to put up some big points on them. No. They shut New Orleans' offense like down. I can't believe that they have the worst defense I've ever seen in my entire life, and somehow they shut down the, the, uh, the Saints off. Drew Brees didn't throw a touchdown at home. I don't know the last time that happened. Yeah, if we had a uh, ESPN stats and information department, we would figure that out. But I, I do not. So I mean, my wife is home from work right now. I could put her on it if you need me to. Yo, I didn't know Mary's chilling. I would have came over. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so let's. Uh, oh, by the way, for it. people that didn't know, James started off 0-5 in fantasy and finished with 7-6 record. It's pretty I impressive. Wanna, coming yeah, I, I don't know who's going to play me in the 30-for-30 30 30 about the fantasy football season I just had. Um, it, was a tr- it was tragic. I mean, I didn't make the playoffs because of your arcane division system that you uh, created. We had a, a six-team tie for the three through six spots in the playoffs, which to, I was shocked that, that actually happened because I figured there's going to be some at least you know, clearing up. No, six teams tied. Uh, only one team from my division made it, which was me, because I was the best seven and six team in my set. And then everybody on your side except you made it. Here's the thing: I have I have very real uh, conspiracy theories about this fantasy football league, and it goes all the way to the top. Uh, the top being you. So wow. yeah, I'm commish. Yeah. So you're yeah, coming from my head. I got I got to put you on blast before we get out. Of, before we get out of this NFL thing, I got to put you on blast here. 
Okay, so every single every single time year, there's something fishy, and then it always seems to benefit you somehow, and I don't like it. Like you'll get the first pick and be like, "Oh, it was randomly generated." Never like, got well, the you first got the, pick. You've got the first pick a couple times. It's been it's no, been it's been fishy. No, you've been a, a couple times. You had the first pick. I'm it's been fishy. Sure. <laughs> uh, and then with these stupid division rules, uh, you'll you have that you're winning your division at seven and six, and you're like, "Oh, I, I don't know, it wouldn't wouldn't have mattered anyway." No, it would have. You're winning the division at seven and six. Fishy. And then. Uh, we have a 12-team uh, thing this year wa- rather than the 10-team thing, just out of nowhere, without even consulting me. Actually, um, no. Everybody was consulted on that. You just chose to ignore the messages. Yeah. Okay, Goodell. So this is this is this conspiracy stinks to high heavens, and I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? When 11 of the 12 teams come to the meetings and you know give their say and agree on it, we're just going to ignore the 12th one that chose not to, and that was you. Yeah. 11 of the 12 teams came. This sounds suspiciously like a, a, a fabricated and untrue story about one of the greatest, patri- uh, greatest players of all time. 11 of the 12. I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. Check the notes, James. Check the timestamps. Check it all. I'm not, che- <laughs> I'm not checking anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Have your well- assistant bring up everything from the meetings. She was there. I'm a Wells, I'm a Wells report you. I'm a Wells report you so hard right now. But, um, no, don't have it come from the New York Times or you know CNN because I don't trust those sources. <laughs> Post truth. <laughs> okay, this week we're gonna bring back uh, juries in, juries out. Uh, those are our two options. I would explain them, but you know the drill by now. And if um, you don't, well, you'll catch on quick. Losers. Um, Greg, juries in. What can we say definitively uh, now after watching week f- uh, thirteen? This one, this one hurts a little bit, James. Uh, it's a little, it's a little close to home, a little close yeah. to my heart. Yeah. Uh, jury's in. Carson Wentz, not the rookie phenomenon uh, everybody thought he was at the beginning of the season. Oh wow, we 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 turned around on him quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't put all the blame on him. He has no offensive weapons. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. He has a weird delivery. Apparently, that I like how that just like popped up after they've now had a bunch of losses. The first five weeks, everything was fine. But yeah, yeah. So you know, he uh, threw three picks his last game. You know, he's thrown a few past few games. Jury's in. He's just not at having as good of a season as everybody at least first looked like he was. He looked like a star right at the beginning. Uh, but you know, he's come back down to earth. Uh, he's he's crashed pretty hard, and hopefully, he learns from this year. You know, he's at least got five wins. That's more than some people thought they were going to have, especially with him starting. But jury's in. I think one. Sorry, just just not as good as we expected. I think it's really time to question whether uh, a redhead can legitimately be quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? what like, prove me wrong. You know? Like, well, I heard punch. they actually might dye his hair also to see if that has any effects. Yeah, I, I hope so. Hair transplant. Joe Buck's guy. Yeah, he can do frosted tips like uh, like he's in the nineties. Yeah. Um, hey, if it works, it works. That's a good jury's in. Uh, my jury's in. Um, I've been on this bandwagon for a while, but I w- I'm finally uh, confident uh, in in putting them in juries in. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, as a juries in, uh, they have a weapon in Tyree Kill, uh, who is fantastic. Um, he's a he's as good at football as he is a terrible person. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we uh we saw him. We we're talking about week thirteen, but we did just see a game from week fourteen last night. Um, we saw the Chiefs beat up on the Raiders, and uh, Tyree Kill is a huge part of the game against the Falcons a week before and the game last night. So I think that it's very uh, it's very apparent now that the Chiefs are. I, I'm, I harp on this a lot, but it's important. The Chiefs are a professional football team. They're well coached. Uh, they've they have a system. They have a quarterback who's experienced, who's had a, who's had some stability. Uh, they have a, they have a good defense. They have a balanced offense, and and that this is a dangerous team going into uh you know going into the colder months. They've yeah. also steered away from like really like season derailing injuries, uh, which is huge. Uh, so that that all combines do make the Chiefs incredibly dangerous going forward, and I think they're very real Super Bowl contenders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not even including how they did this week. Uh, you know, another big win for them. He's He's been phenomenal, that guy. Yeah, he's very good. Off the field, don't want to go near him. Uh, on the field, right. people try to go near him and can't. Yeah, just goes by everybody. Yeah. Um, do you have a jury's out, Craig? 
I do. So jury's out. You know, that's it's a little harder late in the season. Not a lot of stuff can still be uh, decided on. And you yeah, know, we know things. Look to the future. Um, I'm gonna go jury's out on the NFC South uh, because yeah. that division has changed dramatically. Right. I went from Atlanta looking like they were about to run away with it. You know, have a comfortable lead. They've been up the past few weeks. To out of nowhere, Tampa Bay coming out of nowhere. Seven and five tied at the top with Atlanta. They've got a few divisional games, you know, going ahead. It's going to be a tough schedule for them to try to win this division, but they have a chance. Jameis Winston's playing phenomenal. Their offense, him and Mike Evans, have just been great every single week, which, you know, if that's a connection that can develop over the years, that's going to be a lethal one going forward. So that division, you know, if Matt Ryan has to pick it back up, Julio Jones has to start playing like he did at the beginning of the year. It's going to come down to the final game or two, and it's going to be exciting. So you got a few divisions that are like that, but the NFC South is the one that's going to keep my eye, my eyes on it because, you know, Atlanta, it could be another year that they started off hot and just dropped off at the end and screwed themselves. That's a good one. Um, my jury's out uh, is also a um, division. It's the AFC North. Ooh, uh, I, I almost went with that. Good thing I didn't. Yeah. Um, I, the Ravens and Steelers are kind of battling it out right now for uh, for that division title. Um, I just don't – I do not know what to make of either of these teams. <laughs> I feel like the – like, I feel like a lot of times the Steelers look fantastic um, and, and will legitimately, um, you know, be uh, real contenders. And then they'll, like, lose by, like, 20 points to some stupid team and Ben Roethlisberger will throw, like, three picks. It's a weird Steelers team, and I don't totally get it. And I'm, I'm the most scared of them in the playoffs out of any team, I think, because them and, like, I guess also Oakland because of the big playability against the Patriots. But uh, they might not even make it. The other team, but and then the Ravens, like who knows what these guys like? What like ugh, every single game is so ugly, and then they destroy the Dolphins last week. Yeah, that was uh, that came out of nowhere. I just have no sense for either of these teams right now. Um, you know, I, I when I'm the, the Patriots, we're gonna get to it. The Patriots are favored by seven points against the Ravens um, this week, and I just do not know what to make of that line. Um, so yeah, yeah I don't know. It's so confusing. That's a good one. Uh, it's crazy to think that both those teams, even if they win out, could have one of them miss the playoffs. Yeah, because exactly. the AFC West is just dominating right now, and even it's Denver, really who's eight and four, would be leading their division in the other two uh, AFC divisions. They'd be ahead in the AFC North by a game. They'd be ahead in the AFC South by two games. Yeah, we so might have one of the best to show you. We might have like one of the best wild card teams, like you know, ever. Like we have a ten and three wild card team right now. It's wild. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, okay, that was a good jury's injury. It out. was. It was a good. Uh, I like how we both picked divisions, and because right now it's hard. Jury's and jury's out gets hard end of the year. I know. Uh, we're pretty close to the end here, though. So we put in the work for it. everybody. So they better appreciate it. Not to brag, but uh, you know, some heroes just don't wear capes, and and we are those heroes. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on uh, from week 13 action before we kind of jump into predictions this week? Uh, I just want to say um, Eric Berry for the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. winning the game basically on a two-point conversion return. That was just nuts. Yeah, what do we call that? What do we call the two-point conversion return? Because I like that. I like that play. I want more people. I think we should just get rid of extra points altogether. I think it should just go for two every time at this point. Kickers are missing so many extra points. Might as well just go for two. Yeah, I mean, not not even just that. I just don't. I just, what are we What are we doing here? Like, we're 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 doing it enough that like, you know, people got to think about it a little bit. But like, I don't know. I think that you should. Uh, I think you should just abolish it and just go for uh, just have just just a two point conversion. That that's more fun. Yeah. Um. It'll it'll never happen, but I think we should. The only other thing I want to touch on is: Has there ever been a more confusing team of if they're actually good or not as the Cardinals? Like they won 31 23 against the Redskins, you know, looked pretty good. This team was supposed to be Super Bowl comp- contenders. I had them go into the Super Bowl. They might actually squeak in just because of how bad the NFC's lower half has been outside of its division leaders. But yeah, Cardinals are not good. It's so weird how some games they look like they're the team to beat in the whole league, and then others they're just awful. 
I don't know, man. I think so they stink. Confusing. I don't think it. I, I think it's as simple as that. I think they stink. Yeah. That's probably true. Uh, but I don't know. Carson Palmer had a really good uh, year last year. I think that that was the thing that drove everybody to think the Cardinals were going to be good. They had he had a career year. That's okay. He did. Bruce Arians um, also was super healthy like last year, and this year I think every single week I've heard like he's like in the hospital. I feel like. Yeah, I know for real. That guy, that guy's got it rough right now. Yeah, a lot of coaches um, in the hospitals this year. Zimmer was in Kubiak. Zimmer, I was like, yeah. a lot of coaches going down. All right, getting down to week 14. We have a couple games we're going to pick here, uh, and we're going to start with the early ones. First game that we're uh, of the day that we'll, uh, we'll be picking, it's the Broncos at the Titans. The 8-4 and four Broncos are, are at – whoa, actually, hold the phone. The 8-4 and four Broncos uh, are getting a point um, against the 6-6 six and six Titans. The Titans are favored by one point in Tennessee. I did not see that coming. I didn't even look at the line, and I was like, the Broncos are obviously favored. Um, yeah. Guess not. Titans have been Titans have been good. Titans have been coming on. So uh, the Titans great. are only three, good. The Titans are only five hundred, only three three and three at home, um, but favored by one one point here by uh, over the eight and four Broncos. So, what do you think, Greg? Uh, does Marcus and the Mariotas, um, you know, continue, or do the Broncos kind of right the ship here? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Broncos right the ship. They uh, hold it down. Mainly because, you know, Mariota has been having a great year. Murray's been doing fantastic. I think they'll be able to run on that Denver D. But I think uh, Mariota's going to get a turnover or two in the secondary. Throw a few away. Uh, it just won't have enough points on the board. Uh, I think it's Paxton Lynch starting this game. I don't even know. That could actually change my mind if I remember that. But I still think the Denver offense does enough to win it. They probably win it. I think it's going to be a brawl, though. It's going to be like a 17-13 type game. But I'm gonna go Denver. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to think about this Tennessee team. I, uh, I, I just can't not go with the Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos here. Um, I just don't know if Mariota and uh, and Demarco Murray are gonna have enough uh, here against this defense. I realize that I'm saying that, and then I'm putting Paxton Lynch against a pretty decent Tennessee Titans defense, but. Um, I just need to go with the Broncos here, just for my own sanity. Um, that's the only early game that we're picking this week, Greg, because I vehemently vetoed uh, the Texans-Colts game before we started uh, recording. That's fine. Most of the other games are uh, pretty shitty records, except the only game, I'm not gonna, we're not picking it, but I do think the Browns actually have a chance to get one win this season, and if it's going to come any week, it's going to be this week against the Bengals. Yeah, I hear that, um, but I don't think it's going to happen. RG3, uh, man. Come back. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, the 425 games. Uh, Saints at Buccaneers. This is where things get interesting. Uh, the 5-7 and seven Saints are going into Raymond James Stadium in Tampa and playing the 7-5 and five suddenly relevant uh, Buccaneers. Um, these teams play each other. Uh, this is the one of the two times that these teams play each other um, for the rest of the season. So there's some real playoff implications here. Um, so what do you have, Greg? Do you have the Saints or you have the Buccaneers in Tampa? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Bucks. They've just been dominating the past few weeks. They they turned me around when I picked them over the Seahawks and they actually won against the Seahawks and held them three points just because that's a pretty dominant thing to do. Uh, Saints offense hit and miss, especially on the road. So Jameis, uh, Mike Evans, I think, get another two-touchdown day for each other. And then uh, that defense holds up in the last few seconds to hold on to a victory in the division. That helps the Bucks get that much closer to taking the NFC South. Yeah, I would have gone with the Saints here had they put up any sort of fight against the Lions. Um, I just can't, I just can't see it. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Bucks as well. Um, this is going to be an interesting, interesting last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the Falcons are playing the Rams this week, and that they should theoretically just kind of win. You know, That's a win. Yeah, so... Uh, How do the Rams know, have four wins? Yeah, this week is going to have some uh, real playoff implications for the uh, NFC South, so uh, it's exciting. Um, but I, I take in the Bucks here. Um, so, yeah. Who would have thought week 14 we'd be picking the Bucks to, you know, have a good chance of winning? It is kind of crazy. Uh, I'm surprised that we, uh, we need to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's so funny because every single year they're thought of as a team that is going to you know, finally make the leap and become relevant. And uh, this year, we thought that uh, people thought that as well. Uh, but then they wrote them off after the first part of the season, yeah. and now all of a sudden they're in the thick of it. Um, okay, 
425, Seahawks at Cardinals, 8-3-1, and one, excuse me, Seahawks at Packers. Uh, the 8-3-1 and one Seahawks are going into Lambeau uh, and are playing the 6-6 six and six Packers. Um, Seahawks are fair by three. The Seahawks fair by a field goal, Greg. Um, so what do you think? Uh, do we see the Seahawks continuing their dominance even without Earl Thomas? Uh, or do the Packers pull it out at home? I think in the tundra of Lambeau. I just felt like doing a boomer voice there. Uh, I think the Packers take it. It's going to be cold. Uh, Earl Thomas is out. That helps that pass game for Aaron Rodgers. It's a big hitter that's not going to be around, taking down Jordy Nelson, Cobb, all those guys. Adams has been picking it up. They don't need a running game. They've just proven over and over again that Aaron Rodgers is the only runner they need. And I think it's going to be uh, – I actually think the Packers are going to you know, do some work against Seattle and beat them by over a touchdown. That's a bold prediction. I'm going with the Seahawks. Um, I got to be bold, think James. That, I just think that they're one of there's three teams here, and we're picking all three. We're picking all three of these games and until they prove me wrong. I'm going to keep picking them. I think the Seahawks are going to beat the Packers. I think the Packers stink. I think they've got no run defense, which actually is not that bad considering that like Thomas Rawls is the is the go-to guy for the Seahawks. But uh, I just think the Packers stink. So I'm going with Seahawks here. All right. 8.30, Cowboys-Giants. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, Primetime game. Uh, I like when they stick these uh, these big-time marquee matchups in the primetime game. Uh, no more Bengals-Dolphins or whatever the fuck this has been going on for the last couple of weeks. Give me Cowboys-Giants. 11-1, uh, and one, uh, Cowboys going into a MetLife Stadium. Uh, to play the five and four Giants, the Cowboys, Greg, are six and zero on the world. Giants, the eight and four Giants, the eight and four Giants. Uh, yeah, I know, so, like to, I know you like to think they're five and four because you hate them. Well, so this is where I got that five number from. The Cowboys are six and zero uh, on the road, uh, and the Giants are five and one at home. It's kind of yeah. in, uh, unstoppable force, immovable object sort of situation here. So one of these things are going to give. Um, so. Five out of those eight wins for the Giants. The Giants were three and four on the uh, what is it? Three and three, three and three on the road, um, and five and one at home. So this is an interesting uh, situation here. Do you think the Cowboys go in to New Jersey and beat the Giants and take a divisional game, or do you think that the Giants uh, hand Dak his first professional football road loss? Uh, this is such a pain for me to pick because I despise both these teams. And yeah, picking the other one is really just kind of going to pain me even more because you get another week of Cowboy fans, you know, hooting and hollering if they win. And oh, yeah. if you don't, you they got the Giants fans being like, oh, it's another it's another big year. Last time we did this, we won the Super Bowl and all that BS. But, you know, I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to the Giants. I think the Giants go 2-0 against the Cowboys this year. They, you know, mess with Dak first game of the year. I think, you know, it's about time he has another bad game. He's been playing way too well as a rookie. No rookie should play this well all season long, and I have a few bumps along the way. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think, you know, finally has that, like, big game where he has a few turnovers. Doesn't look right. Giant Stadium, MetLife is a weird stadium. You know, it's hard to play in. The noise when that place is rocking gets loud. The wind with the wind tunnel that gets created for the kickers. So it's just going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a nighttime, primetime game. Another big pressure situation for Dak. I think Eli steps up in that moment. Him, Odell, have a big game. And I'm going to have to give it to the G-Men. That hurts yeah. to say. That really hurt. I'm sure. Uh, the Giants did not look impressive last week at all. Uh, they didn't show them anything. I think that they're, uh, this this team is, uh, is no good. Um, that being said, that makes me really nervous about them this year or th- this game uh i'm just nervous about the giants in general i'm gonna go with the cowboys here that again sorry i'm nervous about the giants in general they took two of my super bowls and they don't deserve either uh, of them. yeah i am uh, i'm gonna go with the cowboys because i continue um i continue to pick the, the top teams in the league and i think there's three top teams right now and i'm gonna pick them until they until they prove me wrong so i am picking uh I'm picking the Cowboys here to beat up on the Giants. Well, you've stuck with the Dak attack for all year long, so that's that's. I'm, awesome. I'm on. I'm right. I'm literally uh, captain of this bandwagon right now. So, 
uh, you know, I need this. Um, okay, cool. Um, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about Ravens Patriots. The seven and five Ravens going into Foxborough uh, against the ten and two Patriots. Uh, tough, tough getting a feel for this game. Uh, the Ravens are, uh, excuse me, the Patriots are favored by seven points um, in Foxborough. The Ravens looked really good last week. The Patriots looked whatever against uh, uh, against the Rams. So you can really get a lot from out of that. So what do you think is going down here, Greg? Uh, do you think that the Ravens take this one and surprise and shock the world and upset the Patriots at home? Uh, or do you think the Patriots keep going? Uh, I wouldn't be saying it's shocking the world. They've done it before, and I think they're going to do it again. Anytime there's a team that has a chance to beat New England, I'm going to take them just because, one, it annoys you, and two, it makes me feel better about myself. So I think uh, Baltimore Flacco airs it out to Mike Wallace. That secondary, I think, gives up a few big plays. Uh, Terrell Suggs is going to wreak havoc like he always does when he faces the Patriots, and it's going to be a sad day in Foxborough because no Gronk, no party. Uh, big loss. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, this is tough because I know the Patriots play them very hard at home. Uh, the Ravens look really good. Um, they're kind of coming into form right at the time that you want to. Uh, the Patriots are just kind of barely scraping by these wins. Uh, that all being said, the Patriots are going to win, which is really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, coming. I already penciled that in before you even gave your pick. Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay, cool. Anything else, Greg, that you want to talk about uh, in this week? Uh, besides that, we just got to get into our guest picks. Yeah, let's get into them. Uh, why don't you introduce them? All right, yeah. So our guest picks the past few weeks doing pretty good. Uh, 27-14 overall record. This week, we have the guys over at Sports and Sorts Podcast. That's uh, Shane and the Bry Man. And they did a great job. Went a little long, but you know what? I appreciate it. They put in the time and the effort. They did this for us, and let's take a listen. What's up, everybody? This is Shane Moore from Sports and Sorts with Shane and the Bry Man. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Shane and Bry Man. You can also find me at Einhorn is Finkel. And what this show is about is this show is about sports and other sorts of things. And uh, we kind of just, you know, we talk about everything sports related, but we also do get off topic from time to time. And when I say we, who's the other person? Who's my other half? I don't know if he's my better half. He's just kind of my, he's my buddy. Well, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I don't really know how to address that introduction. I'm the Bry man. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Bry underscore man. The king of the Yeah, that was an awkward introduction. I'm not really sure how, I don't know. I guess we're, we're friends. Yes, we're so, good friends. So course. there's that. Yeah, I'm coming over to your Christmas party. I'm going to get yeah. wasted. Yeah. And yeah, I don't have fun. my kids with me, so I'm going to be sleeping underneath your tree. You'll find me. To, you, can, you can unwrap me in the morning. <laughs> Oh man, if we had already, uh, if we had already, you know, posed the kids for the Christmas card, that would have been my Christmas card. You sleeping drunk under my Christmas tree on top of the tree skirt, with like a Darth Vader ornament sitting on your, you know, on your earlobe. So see, now there you go. That's the kind of stuff we get off the rails, and we right. talk about other sorts of things from time to time. That's but, the sorts. But mainly, we talk about sports. And what we're here to do today, we want to give a big thanks to Greg and James from the Sports Dance. Uh, to invite us on to uh, give our football picks. We're going to pick three games. We're going to do the Seattle Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers, Cowboys-Giants, and the Patriots and Ravens. Um, so we're going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks and Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tackle this one first. I think that the Seahawks had a great three-game streak going on, and they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and totally stuck up the joint. And then not only that, but they lost five to 14 like talk about an incredibly ugly game but then they came back with a vengeance and they straight up punched the panthers in the mouth and destroyed them yeah. so they're going to be going up against the green bay packers who've won a couple of games but it's not like they've ever they haven't beaten anybody that they that's good they kind yeah. of they beat people that are kind of either okay or bad i would have to say that this green bay Packers streak of two games because, I mean, we have referred to them over and over again as the heated mess. They, we just can't figure out this team. Mm. 
I'm going to have to say that the Seattle Seahawks, I think that they are going to come out. They are going to kind of punch them in the mouth a little bit. I think that the Green Bay Packers will hold on. I think you can't really keep Aaron Rodgers completely down. And uh, they have so many offensive weapons. Granted, their running back situation isn't the best right now, but I just feel like this matchup for the Packers doesn't really match up well. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks winning. I think they're going to beat them 28 to 24. Okay. So... We're we're on the opposite side here, um, and as we were on our regular show, the uh, Packers do need to win last week. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm coming at this because you know if you look at the you look at the standings here, uh, the Seahawks are eight three and one. They're in firm control of that division. Uh, I mean, even if they lost this week and the Cardinals go into Miami and beat the Dolphins, there's still a couple of games behind them. I mean, I, there's really no doubt that the Seahawks are going to win this division in a walk. Uh, that's, which is not to say that there's not pressure on them. I'm sure they'd like to secure a number two seed if they could but i i just uh i feel like this is one of those games where the packers are still desperate and they're still very much in the race for this division they're only two games behind they still have a game against the lions and i think i actually think uh i think this season for the packers and the lions is coming down to that that game where they play each other which i think is at the end of the season Mm -hmm. um this is one of those games where it's going to be a just a monster Aaron Rodgers game. And I feel like he's going to put it together against a really good defense. But I love the Packers at home. They're, they're a, they are a, a different kind of animal there. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of Lambo leaps in this game. Mm. And it's not that I don't trust the, the Seahawks. They're obviously a, a very, very good team. They're very solid, very stout on defense. Their offensive line concerns me a little bit because they're young and they kind of, you know, they're, they're rotating about a lot of different guys right now that none of them are particularly great, but they, they did run the ball very effectively though. Uh, this past week against the Panthers. But you know what? I'm not going to put a lot of stock in what they just did to the Panthers. Panthers are a shell of themselves. They looked, they just looked listless. They were, they're hurt with Keekley on that was, uh, I when, think with that hurt. That really hurts them. a lot. Yeah. I think, I I think that was easy pickings uh, for the Seahawks the other night. I really do. But this game, again, it's the Packers' desperation here that I think is going to win out. And I and I believe that we are destined to have that end of the season matchup between Detroit and Green Bay that determines the division. So I'm not going as much on stats and data and metrics and stuff like that. I really just have a gut feeling Packers pull this one out in a very tight game. Uh, but 26-24 Packers at home. And I think we're going to see a few Lambo leaps. All right. Uh, I disagree wholeheartedly because obviously I picked the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go on to the Cowboys-Giants. Yes, you did. Um, and as I said on our show, uh, last this last show on Monday, my uh, gut tells me that the Giants are going to win, and I want them to win. But after that ugly loss that they took against Pittsburgh, my mind cannot let my gut win on this selection. So as much as my gut tells me, go with the Giants, go with the Giants. Eli's going to come back. He's going to do well. And the Cowboys are just kind of at that point where they can lose. They don't have to put out their 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 best team. I feel like they're just going to go out business as usual and they are going to they're going to end up beating the Giants. And my score for that, it's going to be close. 28 to 24 Cowboys. Yeah, and as we discussed earlier this week on our show, uh, I had the same score but the opposite result. I've got uh, the Giants, 28-24. And again, this one is also sort of (laughs) defying conventional wisdom in the sense that all signs right now point to the Cowboys just winning every game. But I think this week, Eli finds a way. I think Eli knows how important this game is for this team. Not necessarily in terms of the division, although the Cowboys are not. I mean, the Giants are not out of the division by any stretch, but... You would absolutely need to win this game to have any chance of it, because then that would also give you two head-to-head wins against the against the Cowboys. But I I just I feel like this game there's going to be a lot of offense. Uh, you know I think the Giants get into the end zone four times, and I think that's just enough. I think they play just good enough on defense to get by. I think this will be a fun game to watch. I kind of can see both of these teams moving up and down the field a little bit on each other. But I think I think Eli's got a little bit more. I think Eli and the Giants have a little bit more in the tank this week. And I think you get a good showing from Rashad Jennings this week, who showed some signs he may be able to start becoming a bit of a productive uh, weapon. So I think uh, I think the Giants unleash him a little bit, too. And I think they get uh, a much needed win to not only keep them alive in the division, but really sort of secure that 
that wild card spot. I hope they win. I hope you're right. I really do. All right, now we'll move on to New England Patriots at the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens take on Pat's Nation. Uh, and the Ravens have a two game winning streak after trouncing the Miami Snowflakes. Kiss <laughs> the- my. 38 to 6. As you can tell right now, Brian tends to. I have a hard time keeping a muzzle on him. We try and keep our show clean. It never happens. So that's why you hear that sea lion bark every once in a while. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, they are, you know, right now the Ravens are kind of riding their hot hand with two game winning streak, but, and they're coming into the Patriots who also have a three game winning streak. This is like one of those games that you have two teams that are playing well. They're coming together. The Baltimore Ravens definitely need this win more than the Patriots do. And if there was a team, if there's a couple of teams that are out there. You know, you have the Ravens, the Broncos, the Seahawks that all have that defense that can kind of, you know, as you mentioned on our last show, that can kind of rattle Brady a little bit. You know, you get that physical defense that comes in there. It can rattle him if he gets hit. And I have a feeling that's what you're going to see in this game. I think I think that you're going to see the Ravens come on, uh, get him a little jumpy, put him on his back a few times. Um, he starts making some Aaron throws. I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see the uh, the Baltimore Ravens really take it to Tom Brady. And with not having Gronkowski, I think that uh, this is going to be a tough game for the Patriots to win. So I'm going to pick them 27. I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens to win 27 to 20. Um. As much as I would love to believe that uh, the the Ravens are going to go in there and, and and punch the Patriots right in the mouth and mm-hmm. you know send a message to not only to the Patriots but really to the entire uh, AFC that they're for real and that they are a force to be reckoned with, it's just not going to happen. Yes, I will I will grant you that this is absolutely the kind of game that if you're a Patriots fan, you're you're a little bit leery of because yeah. the Ravens are extremely physical. But ultimately, uh, God does hate me. And because God does hate me, the Patriots are going to continue to win. They're going to they're gonna pull this game out. It's going to be, I think they're going to put up more points on the Ravens than you expect. I think it's going to be 30 to 21 pats. And I'll have an 87 cent coffee coming my way on Monday morning. I mean, when it really comes down to anything, I mean, there's only one true thing that we actually know about the Patriots. Anytime Tom Brady walks out of field, you are well within your right to throw a big floppy <laughs> on that field. Jesus. Oh, I love that soundbite so much. It's your fit. That's that's it is your favorite. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys that's very much favorite. for having us on. And uh, yeah, come on, go over, check out uh, Shane and the Bry Man on Sports and Sorts. And uh, you can find me at Einhorn is Finkel. You can find my buddy Bry Man uh, on Twitter at the underscore Bry underscore Man. And again, a quick uh, a quick thank you to uh, Greg and James from Sports Dance. We appreciate the opportunity to do this. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, <laughs> bye. Right. I mean, we'll see you soon. <laughs> bye. Can't wait to see you <laughs> later. Uh. Great. Great job, guys. Like I said, Appreciate it was that. long. It was a journey. But it was it was well it was a well done journey. We're going on that journey together. So we appreciate yeah. that. Um okay. We're, we're, James and I are buddies just like you guys are. Yes, exactly. You can take that as creepy also, James. I do. Um okay, let's uh get into what do we want um Let's do NBA because MLB, we're going to round it out with that, and I got a lot to say. Okay, cool. Uh, let's just quickly touch on the N- NBA. NBA. A couple storylines. Yeah, yeah. A couple storylines to keep track of in the NBA right now. Uh, the Cavaliers have, uh, you know, had hit a little bit of a skid. I mean, they're still 15 to 5, don't get me wrong. Um, but they don't look as invincible. Uh, they lost to people uh, like the Bucks uh, and Giannis. Um, and it's going to be interesting going forward watching this team try to hold on to that top spot. It's going to be kind of a question of whether or not they're going to be, uh, you know, suiting up LeBron for every single, for all of his minutes, every single time, uh, or if they're going to try to, you know, conserve him, wait for the playoffs, and if they can keep up with that high level of play that we saw last year. Um, the Raptors are right behind them as usual. Um, and then we have the, the, the Celtics, Hornets, and Bucks all kind of vying for a spot right in the middle there. Um, the bottom of the East is going to be as bad as, as they always are, but uh, for the first time this year, it's kind of similar in the West, too. So that's something to think about. Uh, also, keep an eye on Chicago. Uh, they, they're they surprising me this season. They're surprising a lot of people. Uh, Dwayne Wade has looked actually uh, you know, pretty good as a bull. Um, the Rondo trade was a misfire, but I think that Wade and Butler 
are, are not a bad little duo right there. And they've got some shooting, uh, yeah. despite having Butler and Wade, um, you know, not being able to, to hit anything, they do have some shooting around those two guys. It's all about McDermott, uh, baby. Dougie McBuckets. So um, that's going to be some interesting stuff going forward. Yeah, um, definitely some interesting divisions. Uh, Southeast, I feel like, is going to be one that's up for grabs. Orlando could even make a push at that one. You never know. Uh, they've got a weird mismatched team, but they're, they're doing well enough. Uh, I think that it was important. Um, getting like some professional basketball players on that team. Yeah, I'm a huge rise of Ibaka. <laughs> exactly. I am a huge believer in young guys need to be around older veterans that show them the ropes. You know, you can't. It's kind of the reason why the 76ers have been so bad, or one of the reasons why 76ers have been so bad. And I think it's one of the reasons why uh, it would it like the process only works. I think if you are. Um, if you're kind of surrounding them with some other guys as well, like if you're surrounding them with real professional players who have been around the league and have seen some things, ups and downs, uh, teach people how to, you know, get acclimated to a full basketball schedule. I think that does wonders for your team. Yeah. I mean, um, well, look at the Cavs a few years ago without LeBron, Kyrie, all those guys, young team, terrible, didn't really know what to do. He yeah. comes back in and it's like a flip of a switch. It's like, oh, he can show us how to win. And yeah, there was some growing know. there were some growing pains, but you know it, it was good. Um, on the western side, uh, Warriors are kind of rounding into shape a little bit here. Um, they're still giving up quite a few points per game. Uh, I know it's not always the best um, the best indication of of you know how how good a team is on defense, but uh, they're giving up one hundred and five point seven points a game, uh, which is not great. Um, not great. On the flip side, they are scoring 119 points a game, uh, and that is not surprising. Yeah, Dude, Clay Thomas dropping 60 and 90 seconds worth of touching the ball. That was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, um, I mean that's the kind of thing that's going to happen with this team. Is just like it's going to these stats are going to get weird. Like you're not going to see as many as many points per game for Steph, Durant, Clay, um, Draymond, but. Uh, it's just it's gonna get weird at some point. Like there's gonna be odd outlier stats that that you'll never see really ever again. It's so it's so odd. When I saw that, I was like, that that's crazy that that was possible. And he didn't even play the fourth quarter, which they yeah. should they should have let him play the fourth and go after eighty like Kobe. I agree. Um, some surprises yeah. in the West. I gotta say, Houston Houston's doing well in the West, fifteen and seven. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that, to be honest with you. Man, they were I think so bad last year. Was it all Dwight? Is, it that, is that what we're it saying? It was literally all Dwight. They, wow. like, they, got, they brought in Mike D'Antoni and said, you know what, uh, no more of this. <laughs> we're just going to give James Harden the ball and, uh, and really kind of make this happen. Yeah. I did um, not think Dwight was that much of a killer, but I guess he is. Yeah, exactly. Even the Lakers. i got to give credit to the Lakers. Ten wins already. That's like half I love of what they won last year. I love the Lakers. I think the Lakers are so fun. Um, I think that this is, you know, do you know what their uh, chant is when they leave the huddle? Have you heard this? No. So whenever they, so Luke Walton like huddles them and, uh, and whenever they're done after the, after like a timeout or something like that, they all put their hands in and, and on three they go, I love basketball. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? I That's love that. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just I like, like a little, it's that young energy. It's what you need yeah. for a team like that. That team, it does work having the young guys. It's, it's just, it's just fun. You know, I mean, you're not going to do that at Cavs, obviously, but it's just no. fun. They want to have fun. Last year was not fun. It was Byron Scott and Kobe Bryant and it was a slog. Yeah. I think and if you have a young coach, that's where that works. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then another casual news, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple double. So, guy's a freak of nature. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess if somebody's going to do it, it's going to be him because who who else is going to do anything for that team? He's averaging thirty one points, eleven rebounds, and eleven assists. Yeah, it's not like I mean, Victor Oladipo like, is putting much in for them. He's averaging. I mean, the Oladipo is not doing bad. He's he's seventeen points. He's seventeen points a game. Not enough. That's not KD numbers, James. That's not KD numbers. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is making up for that. It's unbelievable, though. Um, he is—he's—he's he's not just averaging a triple double; he's comfortable averaging a triple double. Like yeah. he's got—he's got a rebound and an assist to spare. Um, he's got some 
pretty pretty shitty shooting splits. Um, he's shooting thirty three percent from three and forty two percent from the field. Do you really think Russ cares? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't no. give a shit. <laughs> I think that you need to give Olibo a little bit more credit. I think that he's been a pretty good addition to them. He's shooting forty six percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three, and he's averaging seventeen points. I mean, I think that he's exactly what Russell needs. He doesn't need anything else other than a guy that he can just kind of shoot the ball out to every once in a while. Um, he's not playing. It's it's not like a um, like your turn my turn thing with with Oladipo. Yeah, it's a my turn my turn my turn, and then here's the ball and get me an assist. Oh, the ball got knocked away from me. It fell to you. I guess you can shoot. Yeah, they um, they would be the third best team in the uh, in the East right now. Um, they're the sixth yeah. best team in the West. So. I don't I don't know if that's something to brag about with the East. I think it is. Um, right. That I think that's our NBA talk, right? Do you have anything else you want to touch touch on? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, the only thing is I got to watch the Clips uh, Warriors game and I was a lot very excited for it. And then it turned into an absolute snooze fest because the Warriors just made work of the Clippers and all they did was complain to the refs. They're unreal, man. Uh, the Warriors are just pretty nuts when it, when, it, when it clicks. When it clicks, it's great. And the Clippers, man, starting off 10-1, and one, now you, you've dropped to, in the past seven games, 2-5. and five. That's just sad. Yeah, they need to kind of figure it out a little bit. Um, they look like a powerhouse coming out of the gate, so uh, hopefully they continue that because I, I think it's more fun when the Clippers are good and into it. But yeah, more fun in the sense that uh, you know Chris Paul can't get to the second, uh, third round. Um, <laughs> get to a conference finals, Chris Paul. Um, okay, time for us. And then finally, we want to round out this episode with um, with uh, the. Uh, MLB hot stove. Um, we have a couple That's trades going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big so trade, great. big signings. It's been a fun, fun past few days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Greg, yeah, you said you have a lot of opinions. Please tell I me. Do. So I guess we'll start with the big, most shocking move of the week. Chris Sale switched his socks and went to the Red Sox in a big trade. Red Sox gave up number one prospect, Yon Moncada, who is projected to be a superstar. And a few other guys, uh, including a pitcher Nate with the last name Kopech. He uh, throws in the hundreds at times, you know, big arm, but probably going to be a relief pitcher. And I love this, James. Even as a Red Sox fan, even as a, just a baseball fan, I love when big teams make the moves that are going to help their team now and not worry about, you know, what a guy's projected to be. Because you never know. I'd rather take the guy that's going to be in the MLB, has proven himself, like Chris Sale, instead of this number one prospect who could be a huge star or could completely fall on his place like so many have. Yeah, I, I'm a little split here because I, I, think, I, I think this is a good move. I just don't know, man. Like he, Moncada looks like a stud. Yeah, and, but... No, I know. And, and I, I, I've heard the whole thing, right? Like, it, it's it's... You know, you have an unproven guy who looks good, but, you know, might not necessarily be, um, you know, uh, an impact player for a long time. You have a really good team that's poised to win now that was missing some starting pitching, even though they have David Price and a Cy Young Award winner. Yeah. Um, but they're missing some, like, back-end pitching. They need to have – they need to bolster their rotation. Um, they could go deep in the playoffs. Um, so I, I get all this move. But Dombrowski does this whenever um, – uh, Dombrowski does this whenever, uh, whenever this, uh, whenever you, he goes to a new team. Yeah, exactly. He goes, he goes to a new team and he empties out the prospects and he, and he goes for guys and this is, and this is what he does. We, we should expect this. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he emptied, he emptied his wallet for price and he does that. Um, and he, and he's emptying the prospect farm for, um, you know, Pomeranz and then he emptied the prospect farm for now, uh, sale. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the good thing, uh, I mean, at least with Sale, you get another, you get three years out of him. So that's good. You get his prime years. And then I think the one thing that people haven't really mentioned that they should is this deal, I think, actually benefits David Price also really well. Because one, David Price is a competitor. He wants to be the number one guy. He wants to be the best. You've now just brought in a guy that, many could think are is better than him right now with how he's done the past few seasons. So you give him that drive to, you know, compete, do better, pick up from where he 
left off at the end of last year because, you know, it didn't finish great for him. And then also, heading in, if they make it to the postseason, I think it takes some pressure off of Price because he knows he has two other dominant guys now with uh, the Cy Young, uh, Rick, pretty Ricky, and uh, Chris Sale, you know, coming in through him. So it's not all just on him to be the guy that has to shut down the lineup to give the Red Sox a chance. Yeah. So I think that's another aspect that, you know, adds to this. It's going to be a big three-headed monster, you know, going into the season. And I think trades are still going to be made. We picked up a few relievers. I uh, picked up another bat. David Ortiz made us all, you know, re-question ourselves because he saw Chris Sale come back and he said, you guys are making me think of coming back, which is just cruel to do. Stay away, Poppy. You're retired. Yeah. We all cried already. We don't need to do it again. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season coming up. There's going to be a lot of people moving, a lot of shakers. Uh, any other? Try, any other? Oh, you want to talk about Chapman? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things, but Chapman's the other big, probably big news coming out. He signed a five-year deal, eighty-six million dollars as a closer for the Yankees. He went back to the pinstripes. You know, Yankees traded away him away last season to the Cubs, and he really apparently enjoyed his time in New York. And the Yankees are finally, you know, spending some money again. They haven't done this in a while. The evil empire, you know, kind of looked sad. And Steinbrenner has finally realized, hey, if we want to actually have a chance, maybe we spend a little bit. Should they have done it with Chapman? Probably not. Because, James, I crunched the numbers. I did the stats. Because I know you're a numbers guy. I am a numbers guy. This is what the numbers say. Numbers say Araldis Chapman averages maybe around 60 innings pitched for, per year since he's been in the MLB. It's around that. If he does that on average for the five years he's in pinstripes, he'll get paid $286,000 per inning. That's a lot of money. Yeah. For a closer, for a team that right now probably will only get 30 to 40 saves from him the entire year. <coughs> hey, anytime that you got to trade away your best player and then, re, uh, you know, re-sign them. Um, 17 right? million a year for a closer? That's no. No. Yeah. It's not what you should be doing. Yeah, well, whatever. We shall see. They're, they're, Edwin Encarnacion's not going to even get that type of money right now. And he plays every day and hits homers. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, you know, uh, the Yankees have never stride away from uh, getting that big arm, so they're going to keep doing it. No, but also, did you hear uh, the thing about uh, Jose Batista and the Orioles? Uh, yeah, how are they? Uh, they're basically like, yeah, the entire city hates you. We're not signing you. Yeah, how, how great is that? That's pretty rough. Yeah, Batista's having a hard time. Apparently, he asked that his agent told the Red Sox that uh, he wanted to play in Boston as well, and the Red Sox just said, no, we don't have any money for you. Yeah. The Red Sox are like, listen, we got our own issues. Uh, Pablo Sandoval just submitted that he didn't try when he came here. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Um, all right, man. Uh, anything else you want to do before we wrap it all up? Uh, the only other thing is Dexter Fowler, big uh, leadoff guy for the Cubs, signed with the, or apparently he's going to sign a major deal with the Cardinals. So good for him. I uh, figure we should touch on some National League since we just basically did AL East the whole time. Yeah, Alice is the only one that matters. Yeah, well, yeah, to us. But for our, you know, you got to give some Chicago love. They won the World Series, but they're getting rid of guys, and they don't really seem to care because their lineup is still pretty stacked. Uh, their outfield's crowded, so they just traded one of their outfielders away for Wade Davis, another good closer, since they don't get Chapman. And then Fowler can switch his colors, go to the Cardinals, and have a good time over there and not winning World Series. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the hot stove. Hot stove picked up this week. Uh, it was it was low. It was a low flame, and uh, somebody poured some gasoline on it to uh, have a burst this week. Yeah, hot stove is hot. Yeah. All right, man. Um, I think that's everything for this week. Yeah, we're gonna pick up on college football in a week or two when the bowls start. Uh, James will give you all his college football hot takes. Alabama. Heisman Heisman winners this weekend. Whoever's from Alabama. Uh, no, I think it's gonna be Lamar Jackson. Whatever. <laughs> College football. Um, yeah, Nick, man. Can Nick Saban win it? Can Nick Saban win the Heisman? Is that allowed? It, it doesn't matter what Nick Saban wins. He's going to win the national championship. And apparently Lane Kiffin might be leaving Alabama. 
you never know. Um, all right, Take man. Nick Saban's daughter with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, from all of us here at the Sports Dance, we do appreciate you guys listening. Thank you guys from all the production team, from the crew here, from everyone who's been hard work to make this happen. We thank James, you. special thanks to you for uh, you know toughing it out. Voice isn't what it usually is, but you, yeah, you, you toughed it out. You did a great job. You sounded you sounded fantastic. Not trying to brag, but uh, I'm great. So um, use this voice to your advantage and like sed- seduce some people today. Sounds good. Will do. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>